Hi everyone, welcome back to another week of uh, Ramban Ala Parsha. This week I'd, I'd like to talk about two main issues. They're both fascinating and they're both a little difficult. The first one in particular. Most of us think we know what the word chok means, and maybe we do. You know, the idea that there are mishpatim, those are the mitzvahs I understand, there are chukim, those are the mitzvahs I don't understand, or those are the mitzvahs I understand less. That's true. And yet the Ramban this week is looking for something even more. He wants to know why chok, be, why para aduma became the quintessential chok. Right? If you ask anybody, what's a chok? The first thing they say is para aduma. Of course it's true. But if it's not the only one, why is it so unique? Why does the Torah say zot chukata Torah? Which literally means this is the chok of the Torah, but in a bigger sense means this is the thing that no one understands. Okay, that's one thing. The second thing which no one understands is the sin of Moshe and Aaron and the punishment that may Meriva. They hit the rock, they should have talked to the rock. That's another big issue that I think bothers all of us when we read, it, when we read the, the, the parsha, particularly because there's no hint to it. And the Ramban's going to point this out. The Ramban, who's really focused on Pshan in the text, says that there's no hint to what their sin was. Okay, so let's start with the first. Zot Chukata Torah, which is Para Aduma. So first Rashi, and Rashi is famous and it makes a lot of sense. Says Rashi, Lefisha Satan Olam Moninet Yisrael Lomar Zot. Right, the Satan and Umot Olam attack us. They question us. They say, "What's going on with this mitzvah?" Lefikach Katav Bachuka. So the Torah preempts that by saying, "Yeah, it's a chok." That's Rashi. Now, literally, it probably means more than we want it to mean. Right? Well, if that's the case, what we're about to do is us, sir. It doesn't literally mean that. It means you could wonder about it, you can think about it, but your commitment to the mitzvah is ironclad. Okay, that's Rashi. Now, Says the Ramban, Ukvar katavti biinyan sa'irha mishaleach, mataam luumot, sheyihiyu monin otanu bizot yoter mishara karbanot, sheyichapru. Says the Ramban, I already told you with respect, with respect to the sa'irha mishaleach, again, on Yom Kippur, right? We bring a sa'ir bifnim and we give to the ish iti a karban, a sa'ir, which he takes to Eretz Gzeira. And he throws it off the cliff. And it's completely bizarre. And it's more bizarre than, well, it's hard to label more or less bizarre. It's at least as bizarre as Paraduma as burning a red cow and taking the ashes and sprinkling it on somebody. So the Ramban says, what's the problem there? The problem there is you're offering a carbon bachutz, right? The definition, what, what, what makes us so different from the Umot HaOlam is the Umot HaOlam have no single place of worship of God. We have HaMakom HaShev HaShem. To bring a carbon outside of the Beis HaMikdash is not just not advisable, it's Asur. And here you have a Baruch who says to Klai Yisrael, Ooh, take this carbon and bring it outside of the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, so the Ramban says, that's the point. The point is, it's nizbechet lasi'irim ashahim zovchim al paneo adama. It looks bad. In truth, the Ramban doesn't even think it looks bad. He thinks it is bad. 
The Ramban thinks on some level, I want to be careful how I say this, on some level, it is kind of a bribe to the Satan, who rules outside of the Beit HaMikdash, he rules in the desert, and all these places. And the Ramban says, I mentioned it there. Now, what's so unique about Paraduma? Well, V'yesh mehem she'yitaharu bekarbanot hazav v'hayoledet. It isn't even the only carbon that's metaher tumeim and maybe metaher tahorim. It's not like that. Says the Raman, Azav brings a carbon. He was tame. Now he's tahar. Right? We have this before. Um, a yoledet brings a carbon. She was tame. Now she's tahar. Okay, a person who's tame mace brings a paraduma. And now, What's unique about a paraduma? So says the Ramban, this is the point I said before. So the basic question is answered as follows. Says the Ramban, the paraduma, we don't really think of it in these terms, paraduma is not brought in the Beis HaMikdash. The paraduma is brought keneged Pesach Ol Moed, keneged Pesach Beis HaMikdash, on Har HaMishcha, which we know as Har HaZetim. It's brought outside. And the Raman says, you know, the Gentiles look at this and they say, you're no better than us. You also bring a carbon wherever and whenever. And that's the problem. Okay? So, in a way, that's the answer to the question. Why is it a chok? What's so unique about Paraduma? The answer is, because it's not brought in the Beis HaMikdash, just like the Sar HaMishtalech is not brought in the Beis HaMikdash. Okay, but then the Ramban goes on, and here maybe it's Kabbalistic. Maybe we have to be careful. We'll do our best. Says the Ramban, Vahemet, which is like a word when the Ramban uses, which is when he's going to change, you know, from what we do understand to what we don't. But some of this is accessible. Shehi lehaavir ruach tuma usreifata kereach nichoach bachutz. Now. The Torah never describes para aduma as reach nichach ishel Hashem. All other carbonos are brought in the base of English. Paraduma is not. Says the Ramban, yes it is. He doesn't use the phrase reach nichach by accident. He means it. The way that the, to- that, that the halacha is ma'avir ruach tumah is through reach nichach. Now, comes something that seems to be wholly unrelated. Vitam tumatamait let me explain to you something. Why is a mace metame? What's wrong with a mace? What does that mean? Says the Ramban, means it's a hint to original sin. Right? Nobody dies, and this is a big point of the Ramban and the Torah Adam and all over the... Nobody dies for no reason. Says the Ramban, people die because they sinned. Sin is metame. Sin disgusts me. Sin, you know, makes me recoil. That's why people die. And now the Ramban contrasts that. He says, Ki haniftarim b'nishika lo yitamu min hadin. Who is niftar b'nishika? This week's parsha. Aaron dies b'nishika. God kissed him. Now, Aaron sinned, it's true. But the sense you get in the Ramban is that when Moshe dies, when Aaron dies, when Miriam dies, when, they, when you die b'nishika, it's the opposite of dying b'itiyosh shal nachash. B'itiyosh shal nachash scares me. It involves sin. To die b'nishika 
is the most lovely thing ever. It doesn't involve any sin. And so what's the cause of Tumah, says the Raman? The cause of Tumah is sin, not death. V'hu sha'amru, a line many of us know, tzadikim einan mitamin. Right? A lot of times you, you meet Kohanim who go to Keva Rachel, who go to Maratam Machpelah, and they say to you, oh, you know, kivrei tzadikim einan mitamin. This is the source. The idea is that if a person didn't die from sin, if a person died simply because God recalled them, you're not going to be katame if you go to their kever. Because they're not, they're not associated with death. They're not associated with sinning. They're associated with something positive. It happens to be their time came. V'lachain amar hakatuv zot chukat ha-Torah kilomar hanechkeket min ha-Torah v'hi Torah sheba I could translate the words. That's a hard sentence. But the idea is as follows. A person sins, a person dies. Right? A person doesn't sin, so why does he die b'nishika? Well, you have to go back to Bria Saolam. What is a nishika? God gave us, vayipach ba'apav nishmat chayim. You know, the, the Ramban, I think, it's the Ramban there who says, kal nafach midilei nafach. If we breathe, it's God's breath within us. So nishika is like the, the reverse of that. God withdraws his breath, his breath from us and we stop breathing. But that's a unique thing. It's not everybody who does it. That's only tzaddikim. Regular people sin and they die from sin. And so said the Ramban, you know, if we need to try this more, the chok, well, the chok, let me add an idea that I heard from Rav Salvechik once. This is not a chok in Rav Salvechik, but you'll permit me once. You know, what happened in Chukas? So the answer is, it's interesting. The next parsha starts, um, says Rashi, Oh, it's the 40th year. Kal means all the people who are going to enter Eretz Yisrael are alive at this time, and they come into Eretz Yisrael. So Chukas just in the narrative, right? Last week was year two of the exodus from Egypt. Last week was the rebellion of Korach, which followed immediately for the Ramban on the heels of the Chet HaMaraglim. And then radio silence. 40 years, if you're just following in the parashas, 40 years just passed by in a blink, and all that happened was Chukas, right? But what does that really mean? All that happened for 40 years, said the Rav, was death. What's the real chok? The real chok is we don't understand death. It's frustrating to human beings. We can't deal with it. All of our plans are subject to this thing. It's a chok. We don't understand it. We can't understand it. We, all our lives, we're trying to defeat it, but we can't defeat death. If you layer that on top of the Ramban and on top of the idea that I'm doing this, uh, you know, the tumor comes from the sin, not from the, not from the dead body, but from the sin, it starts to make more sense that the sin is inexplicable, the death is inexplicable, the whole thing is frustrating, and therefore the whole thing becomes a chok. A chok is not just something that we don't understand. A chok is something that deeply frustrates me, that if I could, I would understand much more. If I could understand the secret of longevity, if we could understand the secret of, you know, of overcoming death, we wouldn't be human anymore. It'd be unbelievable. Okay? That's the first idea. I hope I did a good enough job explaining it. It's a complicated idea. 
but it's a very, very worthwhile idea. Now let's go on to the story, the, fur, the, the most important story in the parsha. So we come to Midbar Tzin in the 40th year, Miriam dies, and there it is, Right? There's no water, that's where the Medrash comes from, that we had a Be'er, Bishchut Miriam, when she died, the bear went away. I wish we had died, you know, in Egypt. Why would you schlep us here? It's depressing, because the whole point of staying 40 years in the Midbar was to not have this happen. Now it's happening again. And the sense you get is that Moshe Rabbeinu must really be depressed, right? His whole point was, okay, the door Yotze Mitzrayim is not worthy to come into Eretz Yisrael, but the door by Haaretz, the next generation, which we're up to now, they won't sin the same way, and they do. But there's no sense of anger in the Psukim. There's no sense of anger from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You just have as follows. Okay, take the mate, talk to the rock, and then feed the people. Where's the sin? So far, nothing. Sin? I don't see it. So he hits the rack, so according to Rashi, that's a sin. But it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way in the Psukim. The Ramban will say the Torah doesn't describe the sin. But the Ramban can say that there wasn't a sin, because shockingly, the next postage is, Apparently something terrible happened. But what was it? So the Ramban says, Okay, we're in, it's Perak Chaf, it's Posuk Aleph in the Ramban, right in the middle. It's a very long Ramban. Bimoshe Vaharon Bime Miriva Eino Mit Parsem Bakatov. Ramad says, I've read the Psukim many, many times. I don't find a sin. Okay, so what is it? Virashi Piresh Mipne Shetsiva Otam Vidibar Temala Sela Vlo Amarvihi Kitem. Right? We all grew up with the Rashi. Now they were supposed to talk to the rock. Instead, they hit the rock. That's a Chil Hashem. That was the mistake. Had they spoke to the rock instead of hitting it, there would have been a Kiddush Hashem. This is Rashi. Right? This rock that doesn't speak and doesn't hear and doesn't have feelings, he just does that with which HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded him. Okay? And the Raman says, the Ramban means it's an insult. Vidira Agadahe means, okay, it's a nice medrash, but it doesn't really explain the psukim. But again, this is what we grew up with, right? What's the problem with the pshat, says the Ramban? Avalon yitchavru. Ki me'acha shetziva kachet Yesh b'mashma sheyakebo. Why would God say to Moshe, kachet hamateh, if the point wasn't to use the mateh? Of course he had to hit the rock. Had God wanted Moshe to just speak to the rock, 
Why would he command him to take a stick? When Moshe took the mate in Mitzrayim, he did otot with it. The mate was necessary. Okay, says, says the Ramban, I see it all the time in, in Mitzrayim. HaKadosh Baruch says to Moshe, how are you going to split the sea? And, 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 and cast it out across the water. It's all with the mate. Why would he have set Moshe up to sin? It's a good question. And now the Ramban says, you could agree or disagree with the line. Ve'ein hanes gadol bidibur yoter Says the Ramban, I disagree with Rashi's point, the whole Kalvachomer, that the people would say, oh, if the rock listened, then we should listen. Says the Ramban, there is no difference. A rock doesn't give water. If you speak to the rock, if you hit the rock, it's the same exact miracle. Therefore, I think Rashi's pshat, you know, is, is not compelling. Let's say it that way. Okay? But all we've shown him comment on this, because this is really a fascinating topic and a fascinating issue. So Ramban's going to move on to the Rambam. And just as an, a side observation, on philosophic issues, the Ramban was not the biggest fan of the Rambam. Right? When the Mornavuchin came out, the Ramban tried to bring peace between the warring sides. But it's not as if he was a big fan of the Mornavuchim. He wasn't. It's funny that the, the parts of the Mornavuchim that regular people know best are all quoted by the Ramban. Now, he quotes them to disagree with them. But he did more for PR for the Mornavuchim than anybody else. This isn't from the Mornavuchim. This is from the Shemona Prakim. Once again, the Ramban is going to quote the Rambam, and then he's going to disagree. Vaharav Rav Moshe Savarbo Svara. He has his own Svara. Vaamar. Ki Moshe Rabbeinu Alava Shalom. Chetohu Shenata Litzad Haragzanut. Says the Rambam, Moshe lost his temper. Baamro Shimuna Hamorim. Okay, so now what's good about this is it's textually sound, right? You look in the book. The Ramban can't disagree with it. He said Shimuna Hamorim. The Rambam, of course, was very, very sensitive to losing your temper. The Rambam in Hilchos Deos, when you look it up, there describes a person who loses his temper as the worst kind of person, right? Normally, we're supposed to be on the Shvil HaZahav, in the middle of two extremes. But says the Rambam there, if you have a problem with your temper, much better to overcompensate to the side where you don't react to things you should react to, to solve the problem with your temper than otherwise. And it comes across in this Rambam. We're reading, it's now the Rambam. Says the Rambam, the, what was the big sin? Well, it's Moshe Rabbeinu. If Moshe Rabbeinu loses his temper in front of all of Klal Yisrael, he's not just a role model. He, he, he reflects HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's going to have a really, really negative impact on Klal Yisrael. Right? If you were in the Midbar, who's your role model? Moshe Rabbeinu. There's no one else. Moshe Rabbeinu. If Moshe Rabbeinu is angry at me, there must be a reason. And says the Rambam, but why would he get angry? Now, that of course is problematic, because the Psukim make it very clear, clear why Moshe would be angry, and I mentioned this before. When the people in the 40th year complain, like the people did in the second year, 
That's a tragedy. I assume Moshe really was angry. But the Rambam doesn't, the Rambam doesn't see it that way. Says the Rambam, one of the worst personal character traits a person can have is to get angry. It's a terrible mistake. It's a terrible thing. And the Rambam says that's what happened to Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay? Now, first of all, the Ramban agrees that it happened. Shimuna Hamorim is a phrase that's used before in the Torah. He says it doesn't necessarily mean that it was so terrible. Second, the Rambam says that if Moshe gets angry, then Klal Yisrael think to themselves, HaKadosh Baruch Hu must be angry. But there's no proof in the Psukim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was angry. Of course, the Ramban would say, what are you talking about? Read the Psukim. The Psukim make it a thousand percent clear that they were, they were betraying God. And the Torah doesn't have to say every time that God was angry. Okay, so he disagrees with that. But now the Ramban asks another question on the Rambam, which is, like, the Ramban loved Aaron. It's unbelievable how he loved Aaron. Aaron could not sin. So says the Ramban, I'll just read this line. Va'od, ki Aharon lo ka'as miyamav. Now, has Ramban no Aaron never got upset? Maybe dinner was burnt one night. No, says the Ramban, Aaron Akon is like the biggest tzaddik ever. He never lost his temper. Ki bishalom uva mishor halach me odo. He always walked in peace. Va'od she'i afshel shaloa yakaz kadom. Then he says, Va'od she'i afshel shaloa yakaz kadom. Meit Hashem alehem ba'asotam merivaim Moshe. They attacked Moshe. Of course God was angry. Okay. Well, let's skip a bunch. Um... Okay. They challenged HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What could be a bigger sin? Why wouldn't HaKadosh Baruch Hu be angry? So, okay, for this and many, many other reasons, the Ramban rejects the Rambam's idea. The Rambam's idea is Moshe was punished because he's lost his temper for no reason. And again, Moshe Rabbeinu is not just another person. He's the representative of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. If he's not a good role model for Klal Yisrael, they're all going to go off the derech, has and so he's punished for that. Okay, the Ramban disagrees for the reasons I gave, and now we come to the Ramban's answer. Okay, what I think is most right. And at least it'll get rid of the question. Now, because the real answer is the Ramban has a Kabbalistic idea to this, which we're not going to go into because nobody understands it, or at least non-Kabbalistic people understand that. And you have to understand the following. To learn the Ramban's Kabbalah, the Ramban says in his introduction, it can be learned by people who know Kabbalah, who've received Kabbalah Rebbe to Talmud. That's not us, so we don't really know what the Ramban is. But his answer here is, you want to be docha the question, you go to Rabbeinu Hananel. Rabbeinu Hananel wrote a parish on the Torah, which is lost. So we only know what the Ramban tells us, but it's pretty simple. Shekatav ki amaram what did they say? Should we take water out of this rock? They should have been told, uh, you know, the miracle on HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and instead they were told the miracle on themselves. At least it sounds that way. Right? Perhaps the people thought it's a trick. 
Moshe Rabbeinu are really, really smart people. They do a trick. They could get water from a rock. V'zehu lo kidash temoti. Rather, Rahman says, that's the puzzle. Ya'an lo ha'amam tembi lahaktishen lifnei b'nei Yisrael. They had an opportunity to make a kidash Hashem, but instead, people assumed it was them. The original bringing water out of the rock was done at Har Sinai, and they made it clear. And every knows it's God. No one saw God, and they misunderstood. I, the Ramban is almost sound like it's a shogeg. Moshe and Aaron didn't mean to take responsibility for it, but the way they said it led people to believe that it was them and not God. So when the Torah says, yeah, um, yeah, it's a type of me'ila, because you took responsibility for the miracle when it was me, says HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the Ramban is always looking for textual proofs to support the idea. I want to become sanctified in their eyes. When they changed the text, when they decided to say that it's us doing the miracle, even though it was a mistake, says the Ramban, that was the sin. Now, is it worth the punishment? Right? This is, you know, this is the worst sin that Moshe and Aaron could have done. How do I know this? Because the Torah always says, the reason why you're not going into Eretz Israel is because you sinned b'mei meriva. It's hard for me to believe, it's just me, it's hard for me to believe that this mistake that they made with the phrasing is the reason why Moshe couldn't go in, is the reason why Aaron couldn't go in. But that's the Ramban says, in absence of the, of the Kabbalah, the Ramban says, this is a good answer. The Ramban rejects both Rashi again, Rashi who says they were supposed to speak to the rock, not hit it. The Ramban rejects it for two reasons. The primary one is he thinks there's no difference between hitting a rock and speaking to a rock. In the end, it's the rock. The Rambam thinks that it's Moshe losing his temper, that the worst thing a person could do is have a temper, and by Moshe losing his temper, it's not just a regular person losing a temper. First of all, he's a reflection of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Second of all, there's every reason to assume that if Moshe lost his temper, HaKadosh Baruch Hu lost his temper. Says the Rambam, there's no evidence of the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu lost his temper. Shows up, says the Ramban, none of that is true. First of all, the rock bringing forth water out of Moshe speaking to it or hitting it, it doesn't make a difference. It's a rock. It's the same miracle. For the Rambam, it's inconceivable that God wasn't already angry. It's inconceivable that Moshe wasn't already angry. But the line, you know, um, the, the line that they're merry, that doesn't really prove anything. Moshe's used it before. Moshe will use it again. In the end, the Ramban says the answer is, like Rabbeinu Hananel, because they phrased it in a way that they, they were taking responsibility for the miracle. Now, I'll just add the following. If they meant it, and maybe it's possible that after 40 years, Moshe Rabbeinu saw himself you know, as so connected to God, he didn't feel the need to point out the difference. Yeah, it was him bringing water out of the rock. It was with the power of God. But it, you know, after 40 years, maybe they really saw it that way. And maybe that's the sin. Maybe that's what HaKadosh Baruch really has to crack down on them on. You think that you're God? 
you think that you're playing with all the power, I'm not letting you go into Eretz Yisrael. It's a very hard story. You know, it's something that Mepharshim struggled with. It's something that we struggle with. Hopefully, today's Ramban helped you with that. Shabbat Shalom. 